Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The checkered flag ends the race, but it's only the start of the conversation. Michelin post-race tag on imsaradio.com. Have your say. Ask the experts. Make your point. Michelin post-race tag. The end of the race is only the beginning. I've just about got my breath back from that one. Absolutely quality stuff once again from just 24 cars, two dozen cars, six in each of the four classes. But it was enough, Jeremy Shaw, to give us excitement overload pretty much all the way through that race at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. My goodness, wasn't it good to be back there this weekend? Yeah, wasn't it? Just tremendous motor race. A brilliant opportunist victory there for Renga van der Zander. Uh, he was absolutely on fire today. We've seen Sebastian Bourdais shine on numerous occasions this season already in that number 01 car. They've had all sorts of bad luck as well, particularly in the early stages of the season. But this was Renga van der Zander's day. That was a, a textbook pass took advantage of probably the only one, the only opportunity he was going to get and comes away with that team's third win on the season. I really like what Canadian Tire Motorsport Park has to offer from the fans, everybody who looks after us when we've been there. Very emotional weekend for us this weekend with the media centre being dedicated to our former broadcast colleague, uh, Jim Martin, who uh, uh, sadly left us uh, a wee while ago. And that little plaque, as everybody comes in, reminds us of the true voice of Mosport. And it's been, it was a, a pleasure and an honour for me to work with him uh, down through the years. He would have loved that. I can see his big, smiling face right now after that brilliant race. Let's get straight into some of the questions from the audience. Hashtag uh, Michelin PRT at uh, IMSA Radio. Uh, hello to Stephen Gardner. Uh, curious to hear what the team thinks of the DPI pros and their driving standards. Felt a little bit loose today in the amount of bumping and, and pushing around. You made the point earlier on, Jeremy, that these these races, all of these pros, and it doesn't matter actually what championship you're in, but these guys are effectively being judged every time they, they take the thumb off the pit lane speed limiter. Um, they have to go for some of these gaps. Sometimes it comes off and they look like heroes. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, feeling on, on what we saw today? Uh, I mean, yes, as I think you hit the nail on the head uh, as uh, we've seen you know, drivers hitting the back back quarters of other cars as well. I mean, it is, it's tight out there. How tight is it? Well, look, I mean, the Acura and Cadillac, they are now once again tied on points for the Manufacturers Championship in DPI with only two races remaining. So they could actually end the season tied on points as well. Uh, this, this weekend, Acura got the pole, but Cadillac got the win, and it's now uh, four wins uh, and, 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 and for, for each of the manufacturers. And here is the man who got the win, Renga van der Zander on Michelin Post Race Tech with Shea Adam. 
And for Renger, it was a good stint right off the bat. Little wave, you were cool, collected, ready to get in the car. But you had to fight for that win. How hard was it? You know, these kind of tracks, I just love it. It's full risk, maximum attack. And it's, if, you're, if you're aggressive in traffic, you can make up so much time. And, you know, it's, it's my thing. I think that traffic is my thing. That's why I love IMSA. That's why it's, it's my gig. And, uh, you know, we didn't have the pace today, really not. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a little secret. We had no power steering either. So, I mean, I'm going to go back to the gym and train hard for moments <laughs> like this. But it was a real issue. And at the end, it got a bit better. So I was very, very happy. After the restart, I had like five, six laps where the power steering was kind of working. And then it stopped working again in the high-speed corners where you really don't want it. So I felt like, uh, you know, putting some Popeye strength in there and made it happen. Very happy. Well, and this is your third one of the season. Obviously, it's moving you back into the championship hunt. So what's the goal for the rest of the year? There's two more races. Win them both? I mean, I just want to win races, and uh, that championship will come if it comes. And uh, I think it's very unlikely we win the championship. Um, we need a good BOP there, and I think today was a lucky day for BOP because we were not fast, and we made it happen anyway. So I think um, we'll see what happens with the we'll see what happens with the with the last few races. It's two races to go. That's not many, so for the championship, it's going to be tough. But hey, winning races is awesome. And you've been third, uh, second here three times. Finally getting the win. What does it feel like? Yeah, exactly. And this is a place where I, you know, I love it. I love coming here. And uh, it's one of those tracks that you tell home about, you know, you tell home like, so they've got this little track, which is only almost like a minute long and it's crazy. So that's what I like about it. Congrats, Ranger. Thank you very much. Big smile on his face. You could hear it. You didn't have to see that, uh, Jeremy. That was a great restart, a great fight through. Probably had one chance managed to take it uh, after uh, actually let's uh, quickly hear from another winner Matty Campbell uh, who took the car to the line kind of cool Matt you got a perfect record racing at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park one start one win it made it look easy out there but I'm sure it wasn't from behind the wheel of the Porsche yeah no definitely wasn't easy but uh, I must say perfect weekend and uh, really good for our championship um, you know and also saying that you know, we haven't been able to come back here for about three years now because of the whole COVID situation. And, you know, obviously it's a home race for the team. So now to come away for victory, uh, points, extended points lead for the team is, is fantastic. You know, we had so many fans, friends and, and family out here. And to be able to get a home victory is uh, super special for the team. They've put so much effort into this one race. And, and I'm really happy for them that we're able to pull it off. I asked Steve Bordelotti, the team manager, how much this race means. Now, you guys won Daytona with him. team has also won Sebring before. But a home race, that hits differently, doesn't it? Yeah, very much so. I mean, there was so much emphasis and push on this race from them, their side. Um, you know, Mathieu had a two-day test here uh, a few weeks ago, and, and it definitely paid off and paid dividends. So uh, you can just see how much effort they're putting into this one race. And they provided us with the best equipment and cards to be able to get the job done. And me and Mathieu just had to try and do it. So it uh, wasn't easy at times. Corvette was really, really quick at the end of the race. And uh, just trying to manage that wasn't easy with the tyre life. But uh, we got there in the end. Congratulations. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, this from Right Turn, Lover. Great to hear uh, Matt Campbell, by the way. Really sensible. Really sensible. Uh, love sitting talking to him. Um, DPI driving standards again here. Um, they won't get any better if IMSA's stewarding poli uh, policy of typically uh, abstaining from handing out uh, penalties. There were some RTL uh, handed out today. Earl Bamba uh, got one. Um, Nothing for the the side by side barging on the the front straight. Absolutely, uh, accept uh, accept that. Um, 
Bob Barfield likes to be, who's the race director, likes, Jeremy, to be a bit of a hands-off style of of race director. And typically, he'll say to people, race the way you want to be raced. Uh, when, However, when he has to get involved, he'll, he'll do that. Um, are we getting close to one of those interventions needing to come? Uh, well, there was one after the race last weekend with the two LMP2 drivers, Good Dylan point. Murray and Fabio Shearer, were put on probation for four races. Um, I, I personally think there should have been more of a penalty than that, quite frankly. Nothing happened but, in uh, the race, though, did least, it? Nothing happened in the race, no, which was interesting. Uh, but today, uh, to me, that was a... I think, he, from my perspective, I have no qualms with any decisions made today. I think when... Uh, Oliver Jarvis was defending the inside against the pit wall when Ricky Trader tried to squeeze down the inside. Um, he didn't slam him into the wall. Uh, he left, I mean, what's remarkable about it, he, he left, maybe there was a half an inch on either side of the Acura before it hit, collected the inside wall there. And that's what he needed to do. And then when it got down to turn one, it, Jarvis was on the outside, he was the one who had the problem. So that one did, did, you know, policed itself. Uh, the one where Earl Bamba stuffed it down the inside of turn five, clearly a penalty in my book, and and, clearly, and the race steward uh, agreed with that one. Uh, the final one between Ricky Taylor and Pipa Durrani, uh, again, so kind of self-policing there. It was the it was the aggressor that came off the worst. So you know, there's not really much. There's no real need to 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 make a stand after that. The drivers know where they stand, I think, and uh, where the where their boundaries can be drawn. Uh, but just back to what Rego van der Zander was saying there about, you know, we didn't have the pace today. It's not all about ultimate lap time, but uh, the fastest lap of the race was set by Tom Blomquist at 1, 1 minute 05.987 to the 105.991 of Rego van der Zander. Uh, Earl Bamba in the second Cadillac at 1, 1 minute 6.067. Wow, tight. So, I mean, that's super, super, super tight in there. And, you know, the, the Ganassi cars... Have uh, you know, generally been the quicker Cadillacs? Uh, uh, Pipa Durrani's best time was a 106.3. So yeah, I don't think there's a big difference there. I mean, okay, Renga van der Zander drove out of his skin today, and uh, the, the Acuras might have a fractional edge, but it's not the sort of edge that uh, the, the Cadillac drivers be, have been talking about. Uh, it would appear, at least from my perspective. Uh, yeah, I. I, I... Generally speaking, the technical team of IMSA, I think, get um, most of the, the performance balancing. Um, EOP, BOP, COP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they get it pretty close because everybody has a bit of a whinge and a moan at some stage. Um, sometimes all of them at the same time on one weekend, which I always think is very funny that they're all uh, complaining. Nobody dominated today. Uh, I don't think it's that type of track in in all fairness, um, those very quick, you know, 65, 66 second laps. And you made the point during the broadcast, Jeremy, and I thought it was very well made. Uh, and perhaps we don't make enough of this. And I, and I actually wrote it down for the next time. Four seconds, four and a half seconds can disappear literally almost like snapping your fingers if yeah. you hit traffic at the wrong place. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why I was saying it, it's so mentally demanding out there because you've got to kind of anticipate where you're going to hit the traffic and, and how you're going to pass it while at the same time checking your mirrors to make sure the guy who's trying to pass you isn't able to. Ollie Jarvis didn't quite get it right down there in turn three and, and it cost him the race. Uh, it, but it was a, it was a brilliant 
crushed by Rega van der Zenden. Oh, yeah. It really was. So that's why, I mean, he, he he's generally grinning from ear to ear, isn't he? And and justifiably, in particular, doing so today, because that was a great win. And, and had to do it with, uh, uh, by his, his own very high standards and by the standards of the class, a slightly off-form teammate in Sebastian Bourdais this weekend. It's not very often we have to say that. We've praised him for the great form that he's had up until you know, uh, up until this this weekend, but he did. He just didn't get the grips with the track at all this weekend. It seems to me, in, in relative in relative terms. Yeah, in relative terms, absolutely right. I think that's that's fair comment, and it's not often we say that that about Sebastian Bourdais, is it? But I think it was his first time here. It was, and this is this is not an easy track to learn. I was talking to Aaron Tielitz uh, this morning before the start of the race. It was his first time here as well. He was driving, of course, in GTD along with the the pole sitter Frankie Montecalvo, and he was unfortunately that car was taken out in the first uh, corner of the race. But he was saying yes yesterday. A late call for Aaron Tielitz to, to drive that uh, the MPC car, the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series race in the Riley Motorsport Toyota Supra of the uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing Latin America entry. Uh, one of the drivers couldn't make it into the country at the last minute, and uh, Aaron got the call. He said that that race yesterday for him was very, very beneficial, and he was so much looking forward to racing today. In the in the Lexus, you know, different cars, but that just effort, extra track time. He said, "There's so much to learn about this race, just the little nuances, and it's so tight. It's those little nuances that yeah. make all the difference." Uh, and you know, Ollie Jarvis and uh, his teammate Tom Blomqvist, uh, they're second again. They'll come away to run a five second places. They'll be disappointed that they didn't turn any one of those any one of those five with a little bit of luck and a fair wind and and ifs and ands could have been a win. They could all have been wins, but five second places in a row, that's championship form and they will leave with the championship lead. They will indeed, and you know that's uh, ultimately that's what you're looking for, uh, and and I'm sure that's probably why Oliver Jarvis didn't. Um, I'm not going to say put up more of a fight, but you know didn't make it even more difficult for Ranga van der Zender to to make that pass up a turn three because he realised if he'd have really pushed it, he realised that Ranga van der Zender he was going to go for that, and if he and if Oliver Jarvis had kind of fought it a bit harder, he could have ended up having an accident and going out of the race. So at least settling for second there was the absolute right call for Oliver Jarvis. He he realised he was snookered. And, and he had to settle in behind and come home with another second place finish. Yeah, they want wins, but they've already won the big one this season. They won at the Rolex 24 at Daytona. So, you know, that, that's good enough. And if they can come away with a championship and the Rolex 24 win, job done. Yeah, uh, not a great race for uh, the Wayne Taylor Racing, Kaninka, Minolta, Acura. They had the pace. Um interesting tactics to put Philippe Albuquerque in, then take him out. It was a bit of a hawky-corky. He was saying all the right words when she spoke to him um, about Ricky being a bit quicker here this weekend, etc., etc. I'm not sure how much he believed them and how much he was selling it to us, if if I'm brutally honest about that. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it, that one? Because, uh, you know, he he came out at the... uh... At the tail of the pack after those early caution periods, uh, but um, but you know, made up some ground. He was he was running just fine. Was Albuquerque? So it wasn't as if he was slow. It wasn't oh, as, no. as if he was off the pace uh, at all. Uh, but uh, you know, Ricky Taylor 
I mean, he he loves this place as do most drivers, and and uh, you know they they figured today that uh, it was his turn to shine, and it's the same way as Renko van der Zander's turn to shine as well. Outside of the top class, another great run for. Um... Court Autosports, they extend uh, their championship lead. Uh, fastest lap, though, went to Junior 3 Racing. Uh, they end up in third behind Andretti Autosport. They led after being put into the bat of the class. Quite enjoyed that LMP3 uh, battle, if I'm, I'm honest. But really, GTD Pro and GT was superb. Again, just as much action as there was at the sharp end of the field. Faf Motorsports did roll off the truck. Shea was spot on. Rolled off the truck really well. Capitalised uh, on a, a fast car that they had from... Uh, last weekend and turned uh, not a, actually not a fast car from last weekend a fast car they've they've got uh, got the car fast uh, this weekend just pipped Corvette racing which I know some of the uh, Corvette fans Matthew Heinemann saying that was a slight disappointment Corvette only managed second in the Corvette Grand Prix yes but Matthew you did get uh, a GM brand at the the sharp end uh, of the field Matt Campbell and Matthew Jaminier are developing into a very very good team indeed and that bodes well for them and for Porsche and Penske next year when they'll be in the 963 in GT in GTP Jeremy yeah absolutely right i mean you're know, super talented drivers there great that they're going to get an opportunity to drive uh, prototype cars uh as well in the future but it'll be uh it'll be lost for faf but it wasn't out that faf did uh there was a story this week wasn't it that said that uh, chris faf is is looking at evaluating the possibility they would love to be running an lmdh car yeah. in a couple of years time yeah uh, far from a done deal they'll be looking for the partners to make that happen but uh, that is the goal for that team. Yeah, two uh, two customer Porsche customer racing cars only in 2023. Maybe two more in 2024. I know Christian Reed had his hand up very early on uh, for at least one, possibly uh, two. And whether he uh, will get the call on that, uh, I don't know. They are not cheap cars. Uh, certainly not. Um, the... Uh, but the uh, certainly talking to uh, David Clark, who's one of the directors of uh, uh, Jota Hertz Jota Racing, as we'll have to learn to call it uh, next year. Uh, that was the deal that put them in contention because they've got the investment from the guys at Hertz uh, to put that together, which will be a full pro team. And, and that clearly what uh, Faf's doing. They've got their link up with Driveway, of course, which is a fairly uh, new partnership for them. Maybe there's something there for them in the future. Uh, another good run for Heart of Racing Team. Jeremy, uh, two wins last week, two more podiums this week, a third in pro and uh, a first in GTD. Uh, and they're right back on form again. Yeah, very much so. It's been a really good uh, seven days for Harder Racing Team, no question about it. And you know they, they get themselves you know in, into the championship mix in both of them, as Roman DeAndre said. A bit of a disappointing start to the season for the uh, number 27 team, but uh, they come on strong lately. And in, in the Sprint Cup, uh, a second place and a win in the last two outings that that's brought them, you know, within within you know, shouting distance of the of the top two in the championship going into the final what three races of the season in Sprint Cup. Uh, can't talk about GTD without talking about Rick Ware Racing on the podium behind Harter Racing and Winwood. Actually, a very quiet run in a very busy race to second for Phil Ellis uh, and for Russell Ward. Uh, 
hats off to them. A little golf clap to them. They just went about their business very well indeed. Used the yellows very well. But smashing result for Rick Ware Racing and that Honda, uh, the Acura NSX GT3 um, with Aidan Reid and Ryan Eversley. Yeah, seriously impressed, particularly by Aidan Reid today. He drove a great race. He was his. He, he was the uh, the fastest driver in that car as, as well, uh, and was running you know, right up there with the uh, the overall GTD cars in the early stages of the race. So he slipped back a little bit after the uh, after the pit stops. But uh, yeah, tremendous performance by them. The Mercedes, by the way, interestingly, got fastest laps in both GTD and GTD Pro. Uh, Daniel Junkadela won sixteen point five six five. And Phil Ellis at 116.891. I suppose there was that much of a difference, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great race. Uh, the uh, I, I, I saw like that track. Everything about it is brilliant. Great to be back there. The fans came out and supported it, even though it wasn't as big a field as anybody expected. But they give us more uh, excitement than uh, we could have uh, hoped for. Absolutely fantastic entertainment. Uh, great value for everybody there. We move to Lime Rock Park, Jeremy, for the, the next race. Um, similar sort of natural terrain road circuit, another short lap, uh, but without the prototypes next time out. Yeah, GT's only then for Lime Rock Park. That's a tr- tradition there. It worked out really, really well. You know, I'm glad there weren't more cars here this weekend. I agree. Uh, I mean... Six cars in each of the classes doesn't sound like a lot, but I tell you what, as you said a little while ago, there's no mate weights in here at all. And that was tremendous racing in all four classes. Uh, and because there wasn't, you know, if you'd had 50, 60 cars around here, it'd be a nightmare. Um, and there'd, there'd be so many caution periods uh, that it would be uh, it would be silly, I think. So this is the right sort of number. And uh, absolutely loved it. And yeah, Lime Rock's going to be fun because uh, we're going to be we're going to be more cars there than there were here. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's a full-season GTD regular championship race as well. And it's going to be it's going to be a bun fight. It's going to be really, really interesting to see. Uh, of course, you know, I mean, all of the cars in that race are all GTD spec. We don't have not GTLM and GTD anymore. It's all GTDs, just pros and, and, uh, and regulars. Yeah, brilliant. Can't That's wait for fun. that one. We'll have it all for you live here on IMSA Radio. Join us on Wednesday for Midweek Motorsport. We'll wrap it up with the Valkyrie stack attack with Shea. Thanks to Shea and Jeremy, to all the technical staff, particularly to Rob up in London and Tim Gray. I'm John Hindorf. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. That was Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Another cracker north of the border. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.